Hello, everyone, and welcome to the April 19th edition of WorkComp Academy News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Let's get started with this week's news. The unpublished Court of Appeal decision of chiropractor Paul Jeffrey Davis versus Board of Chiropractic Examiners provides some clarity on the application of the term medical necessity for chiropractic treatment of an industrially injured worker. Davis was disciplined by the Board of Chiropractic Examiners for his treatment and billing of a single patient who suffered two industrial accidents at two places of employment with different insurers and who later suffered a third injury. Davis treated the patient over 100 times for his sprained ankle and over 160 times for his sore back. An attorney representing the insurer accused Davis of billing irregularities which led to the chiropractic board investigation. After a 10-day administrative hearing, the chiropractic board revoked his license but stayed the revocation. They imposed a three-year term of probation and directed him to reimburse the board for more than $72,000 in costs. Davis unsuccessfully appealed this decision to the Superior Court and then to the Court of Appeal. The discipline was based upon chiropractic regulations and state law. Chiropractic Board Regulation Section 317 defines unprofessional conduct to include the administration of treatment or the use of diagnostic procedures which are clearly excessive as determined by the customary practice and standards of the local community of chiropractors. Business and Professions Code Section 725 states that repeated acts of clearly excessive treatment as determined by the standard of the community of chiropractors constitutes unprofessional conduct for which a licensee may be disciplined. The administrative judge found that Davis allowed the worker to schedule appointments whenever he felt he needed them just because they made him feel better. Thus, there was no medical necessity for the nature and number of the continued treatments. According to the administrative judge, Davis was repeatedly negligent and acted in a grossly negligent manner. The Court of Appeal concluded that an injured worker may be entitled to future medical treatment to stabilize and maintain a permanent injury, but the patient may not be entitled to unlimited treatment just to feel better. Consternation over the ability of out-of-state NFL football players to file work comp claims in California has now become an issue for at least one state legislature. The New Orleans Saints have convinced Louisiana politicians to consider a new law that would require Louisiana team athletes to collect workers' compensation benefits only under Louisiana law. The House Labor and Industrial Committee approved the bill in a 6-3 vote, sending it to the House floor for debate. Bill supporters said the measure was aimed at pro-athletes who are filing claims in California where the laws are more liberal and more expensive to a team. Experts say the NFL is being bombarded with trauma claims going back for decades filed by retired players in California. The California WCAB has jurisdiction if they played at least one game in California or if they had a California agent. The types of trauma claims allowed in California would not be covered under Louisiana's workers' compensation laws. 
The claims can easily reach up to $250,000 each. The NFL Players Association argued that the issue should be addressed in the collective bargaining agreement between players and team owners. They threaten that the proposed bill will end up in court if it passes. Twelve of 13 police officers who sued the city of Montebello last year agreed to drop their civil lawsuits now that they are receiving workers' compensation benefits. The police officers filed a $30 million suit against the city claiming discrimination, retaliation, harassment, and a hostile work environment stemming from the tenure of former police chief Dan Wiest. In their lawsuit, the officers claimed that Wiest promoted his white friends over other qualified officers and that Wiest retaliated against them for failing to support his political allies. They also said their workers' compensation claims were mishandled by the city. Since the lawsuit was filed, three city council members lost elections or were recalled, and Chief Wiest retired in January under pressure from elected officials. The city is now in the process of selecting a new police chief. The city has agreed to pay workers' compensation claims to all 13 officers. The city is facing a $3 million deficit and has laid off employees. And now our fraud report. Hector Parada changed his plea in Orange County Superior Court to guilty of 118 counts involving grand theft and insurance fraud in the case involving AIG and Matrix Absence Management. He is the second of four defendants to change his plea to guilty. He joins Kara Cruz Thompson, who pleaded guilty to multiple counts in March. Two other defendants, Renee Montes of Riverside and George Martinez of Apple Valley, are still awaiting trial. Parada, Cruz Thompson, and Martinez were employed by Matrix Absence Management and then by AIG as workers' compensation insurance adjusters. As AIG employees, the three allegedly made payments of nearly $1.2 million to WC Surgery Centers and WCSC and Associates. Renee Montes, who operated these two companies, allegedly fraudulently solicited funds from AIG Claim Services and Matrix. Cruz Thompson became caught up in the conspiracy when she married Hector Parada. Hector Parada and Kara Cruz Thompson have sentencing set for May 7th. It is expected that Cruz Thompson will be released on that date as part of her plea bargain as she will have already served one year in custody. Hector Parada will be sentenced to eight years in state prison. Restitution will also be ordered. Daniel Ethan Nelson was arrested at the Oakland Airport by Alameda County Sheriff's deputies last week and charged with one felony count of workers' compensation premium fraud. Bail was set at $50,000. If convicted, Nelson could face up to five years in prison and $50,000 in fines. He runs Blue Wave Holdings, an entertainment company specializing in Halloween-related attractions. They are the parent company of Worldwide Attractions and Monster Magic, 
It is alleged that these companies committed premium fraud by not reporting employees on payroll reports to the state fund. Evidence seized during the investigation showed over a half million dollars in payroll that was found to have been underreported. The total premium loss to the state fund is over $57,000. The Santa Clara District Attorney's Office is prosecuting this case. And in political news, Santa Clara County District Attorney Dolores Carr will soon have her name on billboards throughout Silicon Valley, but they are not for her re-election campaign. The billboards, 21 of them, are being paid for by a state campaign against workers' compensation fraud. Santa Clara County District Attorney Dolores Carr is featured prominently above the slogan, no workers' comp, that's criminal. Last year, Carr's office launched an anti-gang billboard campaign that included the more generic Santa Clara County Office of the District Attorney below that campaign slogan. Two experts and her political opponent, Deputy District Attorney Jeff Rosen, said they thought featuring Carr's name on the billboard was a questionable practice. The billboards will arrive less than two months from the June 8 election. Her opponent thinks that the timing of the billboard is suspicious. He wonders why the billboard does not just say that the ad is from the district attorney's office without reference to her name. Carr defended the wording. She claims her name is on many things that go out of her office, including every pleading and document filed in court. Carr did not address why she decided to include her name on this year's billboard when she did not do so last year. Bob Stern, former general counsel for the California Fair Political Practices Commission, said the use of Carr's name on the billboards is taking advantage of her position. But Roman Porter, spokesman for the FPPC, said the use of Carr's name on the billboard is not illegal as long as she doesn't use it for advocacy, such as using the words, vote for me. The billboards are the focal point of a 90-day campaign to raise awareness among employers that they must have workers' compensation insurance for their employees. And in other news, Employers Direct Insurance Company has changed their name to Pacific Compensation Insurance Company or Pacific Comp. The name change will not affect the coverage of current Employers Direct policyholders. Claims of an injured employee of a company insured by Employers Direct will continue to be processed and monitored as it has in the past. There is an interesting history behind the name Pacific Comp. James Little, the current chairman, president, and CEO of Employers Direct, co-founded an entity known as Pacific Compensation Capital Corporation in 1979, which was then the parent of Pacific Compensation Insurance Company, a California workers' compensation insurance carrier. Fremont Compensation Insurance Group acquired Pacific Comp in 1990, and Jim served as president and CEO of Fremont from 1990 until 1998. The name Pacific Comp appears now to be returning to the marketplace after this announced name change. 
Zenith National Insurance announced that Craig Thompson will be joining the company as Executive VP. He will be responsible for building and leading Zenith's non-workers' compensation, property, and casualty operation specializing in California agriculture. Mr. Thompson has broad insurance and managerial experience and is a recognized leader in the agricultural field. He was most recently Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company's agribusiness. Prior to joining Nationwide, Mr. Thompson held various underwriting management positions with Allied Insurance Company and Cal Farm Insurance Company. Employers Holdings announced that Barbara Giannini has been promoted to Vice President of Strategy and Management Reporting. With 17 years of financial management and strategic consulting experience, Giannini previously served as the Director of Strategy at Employers. In her new role, Giannini will lead the recently combined Strategy and Corporate Financial Analysis Group and continue to play a key role in acquisitions, investments, and strategic partnerships. Prior to joining employers, Giannini was responsible for supporting strategic initiatives and governance activities for the board of directors of ShuffleMaster, a publicly traded gaming supply company. The Association of Hearing Representatives of California is a workers' compensation association of individuals who provide legal representation of claims litigated before the WCAB. The association works closely with the Insurance Educational Association and multiple medical and legal professionals in the workers' compensation arena to develop educational programs and seminars with the goal of fine-tuning the skills of its members. Monthly educational meetings with guest speakers on a wide variety of pertinent medical legal topics provide the members with an open forum for discussion and participation in an informal setting. Retired Judge Pamela Faust launched the 2010 program as guest speaker last week. She discussed the management of lien claims. The next meeting is set for May 21st at the Warner Center Marriott. For reservations or further information, please call Cindy Capani at 323-646-2375. That's 323-646-2375. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports by using your iPhone or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us. And please visit us again next week for more news.